even in it, I never felt like I belonged. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's, um, that's, uh, <clears throat> what I want, sorry. <laughs> what was that? I just, started, I just started like five different sentences. So if you can answer that, Jen, that'd be great. <laughs> two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. This is season two, episode 18. And we are very excited. We have a special guest with us today. Her name is Jen Baruso, and she is the owner of Anchor Fit Club. And we have, uh, we've had a relationship with Jen for a while now, um, mm-hmm. but Kara has actually been working with you on some other things. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, Jen and I kind of bonded over social media and, you know, I, it was right when I was starting to think about becoming an intuitive eating counselor and I was seeing her post and I was like, I was like, Hey, you should be an intuitive eating counselor. She's like, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so actually like, as I've been going through the program myself, I am a big believer that coaches need coaches. Mm -hmm. And so I was like a lot of the ways to kind of get, get into it and to, is to experience it. And, um, so she's been my nutrition counseling, uh, coach for the last month or so. And it's been amazing. Like having someone to talk to, to work out kind of where some sticking points, sometimes sticking points I didn't even realize I had, um, you know, we'll just kind of be talking and just the way that she asks questions, she sort of pulls things out of me that um, have been really instrumental in me making some progress with this whole journey. So I wow. cannot say enough good things about her, her as a coach. So. That's a great testimony. Yeah. So I actually don't promote the um, intuitive eating counseling a lot. It's something I offer on the back end for, for clients. Um, cause there's so much craziness out there. And when I'm working with somebody, we actually end up talking about it more. Like if you want to add this on, you can do that. So it's like, it's something like a, it's a back end one-off type thing that I don't offer to everybody because not everybody is ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, you have to be right. And it's always fun talking to Cara because We'll just, and you can't see the smile on my face when we're on the phone when she goes, oh, I just thought of something. And she like goes into it. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
through. So that's like the best part. Yeah. Well, the feeling is mutual because every Thursday morning when I'm uh, getting ready to teach class, I see Car with her coffee and she's gearing up. I'm going on my walk with Jen. <laughs> so it's really, yes. yeah, you've, you're, you're good at what you do. I appreciate that. Thank you. We had to skip it this week, you know, kids stuff. Yeah. Work stuff. That's okay. And then I just have even more to tell you when <laughs> it rolls around again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so we already kind of talked a little bit about um, just a brief intro of what it is that you do, but tell us more about like what you do for a living, where you're where you're at, where you're located, and how people can find you. So I am a certified personal trainer. I have been certified now for two and a half years, um, and I mostly work in the online space. And Anchor Fit Club is a small group. It's like a hybrid between one-on-one and just group coaching because this, while the workouts are templated, we, I can modify and pick and change stuff up. Like I, I want to work on pull-ups, so I'll go in and switch up the upper body stuff to do pull focus. So it's, it's kind of like a hybrid mm-hmm. instead of just straight one-on-one. But that's always an option too. But that's my main thing is that group is the group. Um, we're strength-based focused. There's no weigh-ins. There's no measurements. There's no before and after pictures. None of that bullshit. Because mm-hmm. so problematic. Yeah. I mean, from a background of my own eating disorder and being stuck in a in a say community with quotation marks because it's not real. For, you know, five plus years that all they did was focus on telling people to eat less, encouraging mm-hmm. people, people to take pictures every single damn day and weigh in. Right. No. Yeah. 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 So I don't do that. <laughs> I feel like some of those like groups, like I think Weight Watchers or like WW, how they call it, or like a lot of um, big fitness companies that like really knock it out of the park with the community stuff. It's really kind of irritating because it can be so insidious, like um, that they're promoting something that is so like physically, mentally, and emotionally bad for people, but because they like are able to create this sense of community people will keep coming. And so like for you to be developing a community that doesn't have all of that bullshit um, is so important. And we need more people like that in the fitness world. The big thing for me when I got into that was I wanted to feel like I belonged to something because I never quite felt like I did. Even growing up. I was on sports teams. I was on the high school teams. I played sports all my life. But I never felt like I was actually part of the team. The team. I always felt like an outsider. So when you get pulled into this and you're like, you're like, yeah, you're great. You're fantastic. Way to go. Encouraging. And then it's just like you get sucked in. And that's what they do. They look for people who have never really felt like they're part of something. Mm-hmm. And it, and it sucks people in. And then it turns into a whole big mess for a lot of people. Not all people, 
but a lot of people, and they're really shady about how they do about the how they do it. And yeah. I it never, I was in it for years, and it's like I never, even in it, I never felt like I belonged. Well, I was just thinking about like um, the three of us and like seeing some of the stuff that you have shared on social media. And like, I think that we all three of us have started off in like the diet culture version of fitness at some point in our careers. And in fact, I was just in, um, I just saw a Facebook post the other day in a group um, and the person was, it, it was a female trainer and she said she was going to fire her female client because she hadn't lost weight in over six months. Was this in the <sighs> I saw that too. I was in the same group and I and I was like, Kara, keep scrolling. And I I, I was because... so close. I was like, do I really wanna because you really like you do have to sort of pick your battles um and where you want to devote your energy and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But um can you tell us more about like your journey to the kind of trainer you were to the kind of trainer you are now? So I was never a trainer. Oh, okay. I'm using I'm using quotation marks here. I was a coach. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sales rep. Right. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, in this company. Yeah, we we have worked in a place like that too, so yeah. we know. So you know, online fitness and nutrition and super trainers and all that. I was a again air coach. Um. No, that's not it <laughs> at all. And um, in there, you, you know, you're supposed to be a product of the product. You're supposed to follow the programs. You're supposed to do the nutrition plans. And doing that, you're supposed to put yourself out there. Share all the before and after pictures. And share what you're eating. And share. They don't do that anymore now. You watch. <laughs> go, we'll go into this later. Hip to the trend AKA what the science tells us yeah. of that weight loss isn't super great. So at one, I was in there and I was bringing in people and I was like, I remember the first time I cold messaged some, a friend and it was like a copy and paste thing in messenger. And she's like, um, you didn't write that. That is not you. Don't do that. And so I, I'm like, I, my uplines were always like, why aren't you hitting success up? Why aren't you getting this many? Why aren't you doing this? Like, because I'm not cold messaging 100 people a day that I haven't talked to. Right. Like, the comments and I'm like, no, that it never felt right. And I did, like, people came, the, the people that I had come in under me, they would get mad because why aren't you signing them up as a coach? Like, because they don't want to. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they ordering this every month on auto ships? Because they don't like it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and the whole, the whole like framework of like just like messaging someone out of the blue with something shamey, like, hey, like, don't you want to lose weight? Or like, hey, I see you're fat. You yeah. probably want to lose. I mean, that's, that's when I see those. Like, that's what I, mm -hmm. that's what I see here in my brain is like, oh, they like see my body and I made some kind of assumption about what I want to do or what my fitness goals are because they think that I don't fit, you know, some sort of standard that they are more comfortable with. And then I'm always, it always just pisses me off. They, they target new moms a lot. Yeah. Stay at home moms a lot. And it's just like, 
And it's not just this company, it's all those, mm -hmm. right? But this one is specifically insidious because they're preying on people's vulnerabilities and insecurities about what they look like. During a time mm -hmm. when like, really like your body just did something pretty spectacular. Like you like, like created a human, grew it, and then somehow either pushed it out or had it cut out of your body. <laughs> like it's, that's, I mean, all of that's a pretty big deal. Like it's. Yeah. And we would be in it. And like the, every time a new program would come out, this program's for anybody. So these programs were not for anybody at all. And I would watch people because I'm an athletic background. I could do most of them. Um, but I'd watch people bring others in. I'm like, there's no way they should be doing this work. No way. And there was no one to otherwise to say so because they wanted the people in in order to make money. So it actually wasn't, it was never about helping people. And you know this because if someone decides to cancel a membership or quit as a coach, which I did, as soon as I did that, my community was gone. Mm -hmm. I was blocked. I was unfriended. I was gone. Like, there were still people that had left before me. I still talked to them. But they're like, nope, you can't talk to them. They left for another company. Mm -hmm. Wow. Jeez. So was it really about community and helping people, or is it just about money? It's totally about money. Whenever, like, every time I hear, it's not about the money. Yeah. And that was the one, like, a, this past week, I, I started sharing a little bit more about it, and holy crap, the coach blew up. I don't know what the hell happened, because I've talked about it many times before. Um, and usually I get a lot of pushback from it. This time there was only one person that was like, that came at me. But it's a community, and I posed that question to them. I said, is it really a community if you go to people after they leave? Because in my community, if I have a client leave, I still talk to them. Mm -hmm. I still connected to them. They can still call, hey, I have a question. And I'll answer the question. But for the most part, like, and they've made friends with other members. So the connection is still there, even if they're not paying me. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, that's a community. But you have it's not. Um, I mean, what if someone, I mean, and even the idea of that, like, is so like even ableist because like, what if somebody can't continue for some reason, if they're ill or they have had an injury or they, you know, to be like, oh, well, you can't, you can't do these things anymore. So you're just out. Like that is, that's. Well, that happened to me with it. Yeah. I, in 20 all happened in the same year. 2017, I tore my bicep tendon because I was doing more than I should have with a program that I shouldn't have been doing. And when you're at home doing it yourself, watching TV, you're not going to follow the modifier because nobody else is following the modifier. And if I want to lose weight, get results faster, I better do what, the, what this person is doing. I don't want to do the modifier. And the modifier was always somebody in a bigger body. Always. Always. And it's just like, that's not, one not cool. Let's show that we're athletic too. Um, 
But I ended up tearing my biceps in and while coaching, while I was working my job teaching preschool PE, doing a push-up. Shooting pain down my arm. So I ended up in physical therapy. And I got feel like last year I did it again, kayaking. <laughs> Ouch. Well, yeah, the best predictor of future injuries are past injuries, right? Like, um, so it's like I was over, dirt, I don't know how, I'm like, okay, that was just, it was totally random. So that happened that year. And then I had, so I couldn't do the program. So they're like, well, you can't do the program, so you just need to sell the nutrition plan. So like, okay. And I'm like, let me tell people to eat 1,200 calories a day. So ridiculous. A toddler should eat more. Yeah. And then and then I ended up getting pneumonia. So I wasn't on any team calls. I wasn't online. I wasn't reaching out to people at all. I could barely make it from my bed to the couch. And at this, the up, my upline at the time, um, excuse me, why aren't you on calls? What's, not even what's going on. Hey, how are you doing? What can I do to help? It's just like, uh, you need to start hitting success calls. I've been on my couch for two months. Sick. Like that's when I started going, no, 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 not doing it. The way that you were being treated, you were like, hmm, this is these are my people. Yeah. So at that point, I was like half out the door, half not, because I did have what I thought was a good group of women supporting me and behind me. This upline was just a what they actually bitch. Never liked her, um, and I could see right through her, <laughs> and it just drove me nuts that people fawned all over her. I was like, no, that's why I never like, like, no, I see right through you. Um, and then the program at the time that was coming out was 80 day obsession, and it was kind eating, ridiculous long workouts. But just think of that title. Mm-hmm. Like, no. I look back now, and that's when I hit, I started that, and people, I want to join, they're like, you have to sign them up for this, like, but it, they're not ready for this, right, so I wouldn't sign, because we had to sign them up for the challenge pass, and at that point in time was bring them on early, so they get early access, and the only way to do that is if you, get a, if you sign up as a coach, so it's like, that's how they're getting more coaches under them, into the business, I'm like, it's so shady, <laughs> I don't like this. Um, but I started it, and then I ended up, I never ate the plan I was supposed to be in. I always ate under. So even when I was plan B, I would eat plan A. Plan A, I would eat the very, very, very bottom. Yep. Yep. Right? It's like, oh, if 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 we're trying to get into a calorie deficit, I might as well just go into the most calorie deficit right. Well, that's that's calorie deficit and and go with it. And that's what I did. And I found myself in February, I started in January, sitting in my car with an empty box of a dozen donuts that I ate all by myself and I don't remember eating. All I know is the box was empty. And it was for my birthday. I had to walk back in and get more donuts and then go home. Like your body was just craving 
calories so much. And that's the thing that people don't realize when they're dieting is that our body does not recognize the difference between a diet and starvation. And so when we are starving ourselves, we our bodies are naturally going to like get what they need. And so if they're going to, I guess for you, it was like, we're going to black her out for a little bit. (laughs) We're going to, and we're going to eat this food because it's available and like, we need it. Um, And so like, you know, we, we tend to blame ourselves, like, you know, like, oh, I was so weak or I lacked this willpower or it's like, no, your body was doing exactly what it needed to do to get what you, what you need. Because like, we just, we don't eat when we're hungry in our society, if we're dieting, which is just like, okay, well, maybe we should try it for a different part of the, of the body. Let's just not breathe. (laughs) Don't, don't take a deep breath when you need one or, you know, like, (laughs) don't go pee ever. Yeah. Yeah. Only go pee between, between, you know, 7am and 5pm and that's it. (laughs) No more potty for you. It's 12 to 7. Right. Yeah. There you go. Intermittent intermittent peeing. <laughs> the only time you're allowed to go is from 12 to 7. Right. I mean, I mean, and so, but we don't like when we hear about this, like with when it comes to food, we don't think that sounds kind of wild. Like we think, oh yeah, that makes sense. I should have the willpower to do that. And people get praised for doing that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's a large part of the community aspect is because the people are giving each other praise for these very disordered behaviors. Mm -hmm. There is no negativity allowed. Right. Toxic positivity in those groups. And it's just like, and whenever, because I would question a lot. Cara knows, I'm like, I am a critical thinker and I like to question just about everything it's just educational background before I got into this I was wanting to be a history teacher and I was going to go get my master's and go and you have to analyze and you think about everything and it's just like wait why is this and I would get pushback a lot they're like you're just trying to solve problems but no it's a valid question and I'm like it's like I remember so there's a, within this, there's a, um, a thing called three-day refresh um, that they push, like, around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Actually, like, after Halloween, after Thanksgiving, after Christmas. So. Right. Right. God it, forbid you have a candy. <laughs> oh, when they equated jumping jacks with eating a Snickers bar. Yeah. Um, but it's maybe 900 calories a day, depending on, because there's no protein in it. The only protein is a disgusting shake that they give you. And then you have to drink this gross gelatinous fiber drink because you're not getting enough. And it's like, ugh. you can have bone broth. You can have bone broth if you wanted that. And it's just like, I had this one girl, she's like, I can't do this. I am starving. And she posted in the group, and I was the only person in there that said, eat more food. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do, if, if you're not, if this makes you not feel good, stop doing it and eat more food. And there, and everybody came at me. I was like, 
she is not feeling good. She needs to eat. And like, I, I think I had checked out long before I finally left. Right. But what kept me in there was feeling a sense of community. And, right. and it was to the detriment of myself and the other people I brought in. Because after I left, everybody that I had, I emailed them all first. So whoever, customers, whoever, them, I said, look, I'm leaving. This is bullshit. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I said, but get out. Right. <laughs> and they did. And so I got, I think that's one of the reasons why people like blacklisted me for like, yeah, we're not following you anymore. Screw that. You bad mouth us. I'm like, well, you're hurting people. Right. Hurting me. Yeah. Um, when I going back to that donut and sitting in the empty box, I think that was the first time I did not blame myself. Good for you. And at that point, I'm like, okay, something switched. I'm like, this isn't my fault. And that's when I decided I need to get help. This is not healthy. Yeah. We did. And that was three and a half years ago. And it's it's a process. Like people think, this is why I say with what I do with eating coaching and uh, intuitive eating and nutrition counseling. It's not for everybody because the people that want to get fixed fast, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the process is going to be different for everybody. Right. And like we think about like, you know, I was talking about how ridiculous it is that we just don't eat when we're hungry or we're taught not to. But I honestly, most of the people I know and including myself, like, I don't remember a time when there wasn't shame around food. Like in my house, there was a lot of like good food, bad food. It was, you know, like, I remember there being a lot of control around food. My dad especially was always on diets. Like my mom had, has had diabetes since she was five years old. So there was always a lot of like, you know, what foods are good and what foods are bad because of her disease. Um, But my dad came from a family where people were overweight and had, he himself was not for most of his life, but had witnessed weight stigma and then was like, oh, then being overweight is bad. And then was always just, I remember he like would sit me down and just say like, you should never, ever eat a whole candy bar. You should never, you know, if you do, if you do this, you should always work it off. And, you know, so like there was just never a time in my life where I remember like having an appetite being something that was considered a good thing Mm -hmm. or considered healthy to like want to eat, you know, was always, can you try not to? And I'm, I'm sure that I'm not the only one. And so what was, what was your relationship with food like growing up? Like what got you to a place where you would, where you like joined this um, big online fitness company? So it wasn't in my household. There really wasn't any restriction or talk about good or bad food. Like we ate. We, like the only, the only time my mom said I wasn't allowed to have sugary cereal again was when my dad took me to the grocery store. Like normally she did the shopping and he let me pick out the cereal, so I picked out tricks. 
And then they let me eat almost the entire box. So I was bouncing off the walls. I was four. Um, but there was never any, no, you can't have this. You can't have, we had birthday cake for breakfast. We had don't, you know, it's like we ate food, but there was within our house food scarcity. Mm. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, but they made the best of what they could. Like I, like people like, what'd you eat growing up that people would think is gross and eat now? I'm like, liver. I love liver and onion. Bacon. So good. And but people like that's disgusting. Like I can't make it at home because nobody in the house will eat it. So I have to go with my dad. Like my dad and I were the only ones that would eat it. I'm kind of bonded with my dad over liver and onion. <laughs> liver and liver works and you know, that type of food was in my house. So it's like where I was talking the other night and like lobster is not that good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's overbranded. I'd rather have liver and onion than lobster. Oh, that's so funny. Exactly. I'm like, so it wasn't in my household where I started having a, a relationship with food that was like, I need to eat less. It was at school. Mm-hmm. It was within the sports teams I was in. And thinking I was, my body dysmorphia was, like, I look back at pictures now, I'm like, oh my goodness. I thought I was the biggest kid in the world. Um, I was not. <laughs> I wasn't bad. Right? And I thought it was like the worst thing in the world. So for breakfast, I would eat a Nutri-Grain bar. That's when they first came out, which was the date. You know, I'm 42 also. Dating myself. Um, Nutri-Grain bars had just come out. So I would have one Nutri-Grain bar for breakfast. For lunch, I would do a turkey sandwich, mustard only, on whole grain bread. Solid And an orange. And dinner I whatever my I was usually not home so I'd eat late or I wouldn't eat at all that's what I was eating and then I would binge on the weekends at McDonald's Taco Bell 7-Eleven so I worked at a job I was okay I've been involved with it again sports a lot my first job was I was coaching um youth sports mm-hmm. at the recreation department for my city and we would walk to subway or not Subway, walk to 7-Eleven, walk to Taco Bell, and I would just eat that all weekend. And then during the week, I wouldn't eat anything. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. It was to fit in mm-hmm. and feel like I belong with these other girls. I would compare my kneecaps sure. to other girls. Yeah. Kneecaps. Right. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no. So that's how it started. And then got married, moved to Florida, had my first son. And I had done Weight Watchers before I got pregnant with him. My friend was doing it. And I would be terrified of to weigh in. Because they scolded you if you gained an ounce. Right. Or if you didn't lose anything. And I would eat my points. My points would be donuts, uh, chocolate cake, and beer. Mm-hmm. How is that healthy? Right. Right? Like, we say there's no good or bad healthy unhealthy food. But when you're only eating donuts and chocolate cake and drinking beer, that's not. Your body needs more than that. Right. 
Um, and I lost weight. I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Moved, to, moved back to Arizona. Started working at Cheesecake Factory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loves cheesecake. <laughs> I like <laughs> I, I like that now. I'm like, eh, I was around it for so long. I'm like, eh, yeah. Um, but that's when I, my foray into the online fitness business was bootleg DVDs of insanity. Mm-hmm. After my youngest was one and a half. One and a half, yeah. Gave the turn two. Like, I gotta lose the same weight. Because again, I was comparing myself to other women and younger girls, like 18, 19, 20 year olds who have not had any kids, let alone two C-sections. I'm like, why can't I look like that? Right. Yeah. So. I remember the same, same thing. Like I had like a timeline in my head of how long was acceptable mm-hmm. to still be carrying the baby weight. And then when that time passed, it was like, oh, well, now, now I'm just a failure. Now I'm, you know, and just the kind of things I tried to get my body to do, even while I was breastfeeding or even, you know, like just, just so punishing and shamey and, you know, and like, we, we don't just pick that up from within. There is an expectation in society for us to, to do that. And it makes me so sad because like, where could the energy have been going if it wasn't going in, into myself in a negative way? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Working in the restaurant industry, especially at that place, the shifts were like 4.30 to 11 or midnight. There was no time to eat at all. And up until that point, I would just be drinking coffee all day. So I was living off of coffee. I was doing insanity. Then I'd go work a, you know, a closing shift. And then after the shift, we would normally go to this pizza place and we would go drink beer and eat pizza rolls. Like there was no, like, I don't know how my body didn't crash before it did looking back on things. Mm-hmm. Then eventually I left that. I ended up hurting my knee going into my, so I didn't see any one around and then I started doing it again. So around the 90 day mark, I hurt my knee. So I stopped. And then I also had left Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And started managing a restaurant. So I thought serving was longer those hours. Okay, you're only going to work 50, 60 hours a week. No, I was working like 80. God. Wow. And at that same time, they, they hadn't gone online yet, so it was still DVD. And and I had, I had been doing a diet called, um, it was promoted on Dr. Phil a lot. <laughs> and, and, my friend, and my friend's like, you'll love this. It's just like what you're doing. I was like, so I bought it. So people can't figure out what we're talking about right now. So well. <laughs> um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? Yes. So, and then I got assigned a coach. And she's like, you should coach too. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. And she's like, why aren't you doing this? I'm like, I'm working 80 hours a week. Well, you need to put money, you need to put time into this this business so you can stop doing that. 
what time? I had none. Right. So I stopped. And then I ended up, <laughs> everything an injury precludes every shift in my life. It really does. Because then I had elbow surgery. And I had stopped managing. And I was like, okay, no. And that surgery, and I stopped managing. My, I finally had, had a chance to be still. And I gained weight. Like, most of what I had lost, and I think when I, yeah, most of what I had lost, starting with insanity that, I gained all of it, not more back. Right, which is totally normal. Like when you go through these times of deprivation, which you were in, you know, that you stop the deprivation and your body is like, we got this big pendulum swing because we don't know when you're going to be in famine again. Mm -hmm. So let's pack on the pounds so that we can keep you safe. And that, and that year, my brother got engaged. And is getting married at the end of December. So I had to go shopping for a dress. Mm-hmm. Which can be traumatic sometimes. <laughs> it was very traumatic. I ended up crying on the floor in the dressing room. Because I was terrified of how big I got. I was not large. Right? But in my head, I was gigantic, disgusting, all of these negative things. And I love, I have to preface, I love my sister-in-law dearly. She's one of the best people in the entire world. And at the time she was in, and she brought me. And that, that was the last cycle around. She actually left before I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she brought me in. She actually, I'm like, I don't have, because I had left management and now I'm working part-time as a, preschool PE teacher, my income cut by like 60% or more. And I'm like, I can't afford this. She's like, I got you until you, until you sign up for first two coaches. I'm like, well, if you're going to pay, okay. Um, And she did. And I did. And then Mm -hmm. snowballed from there. And so it was a thing that she sort of got you into out of love because she saw how painful that shopping trip was. And yeah. And I mean, and she got my mom, my mom into it too, which my mom needed to exercise. Um, I work with my mom now. Um, but I'm like, well, if my mom can do it, then I can do it. <laughs> that type of thing. Mm-hmm. If, well, if I can do it, you can do it. If my mom. And it's just, the comparison thing is like, well, gosh, I'm a piece of crap if I'm not doing this and my mom is, you know? Right. And that's, you know, let's see. I think from that point, and I remember going to one of the quarterly events and they have everybody stand up. If you've lost 10 pounds or more, keep standing. If you've lost 20 pounds or more, keep standing. If you've lost 30 pounds or more, keep standing. 40, 50, 60. And at one point I was like, I had, I had lost over 90 pounds in a year. And it was me and these two other people still standing up. And so you're, yeah, celebrated, clapping, cheering. So it's like, how could you not feel good at that moment? So you want to keep going, even though you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. So 
that's how I got to that point. Yeah. And that's why I will not do any of that shit with my clients. Right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to our discussion. Do you love the Push Podcast? Support us by becoming a Push Patron. As a Push Patron, you will have exclusive access to our episodes, bonus materials, freebies, access to ask us questions, and more. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness. That's www.patreon.com slash pushfitness now to get started. And now, back to the Push Podcast. And then, so where was the turning point? So like you would, you talked about kind of um, deciding like that, what you didn't want to be a part of, of it anymore, but how did you find your way into what you're doing now? Like you knew that, you know, that this company that you were working for, like that was not the answer, but you didn't leave fitness. No. So how did you navigate from there to where you are now? I think that growing up playing, so I started playing sports when I was five. Played all the way through high school, did some rep stuff in college. And I've worked with the kids in the sports. And I think when I left the restaurant management company and I got to work with the kids, it kept me in fitness mm-hmm. and still active. But I wasn't, and I'm like, and at that point in time, I really did enjoy helping women find a workout program that they liked and find movement that they liked. The feeling of strength and, hey, I started with three pound dumbbells, now I have to go buy a 10 pound dumbbell. Like that feels, I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah. That, that's what I celebrated. And I wanted to keep doing that. And I, so I looked at different certifications and I, picked one and I got it and and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into like a big box space because mm-hmm. I, I never had positive experiences in gym setting ever yeah did not um so I went to one and I signed up and I was just about done with my certification I was about to go take the test. I'm like, this is just market research. So I signed up and I signed up for the personal training. And well, the, the training manager does the assessment, right? And I know all my limitations. Like I have bad ankle mobility, I have hip issues, I have you know mobility issues in my shoulder. And he's like, Oh, your heels come up off the ground. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, it means I have no dorsiflexion in my ankle. <laughs> so then we're sitting down and he starts throwing out all these big words thinking I wouldn't know what he was saying <laughs> I'm like oh you mean this he's like what like, oh yeah I'm getting my certification I know exactly what you're talking about oh you should come work here with us like, maybe so he put me with this trainer and we were supposed to sit down it was supposed to be an hour session so we're supposed to sit down for at least 15 minutes and I told this guy all about my eating disorder history all about my injury history that I was just finishing up another round of therapy for my torn tendon. And so he knew all of that. Trainer put me with, just said, okay, let's go. I'm like, we're not going to talk about anything? No. First thing he does 
to say, let's do battle ropes, because this is at a point in time where they've just become big and popular. You know, so every year there's a new fitness trend, and this one was battle ropes. And right. I was like, this is not a good idea. Oh, no, no, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I'm like, did you not read over my notes you know, about my history of injury in my shoulder? I'm like, this? I'm like, fine, I'll try it. Ten seconds in, shooting pain on my arm, I dropped him. I said, nope. And he got mad that he had to change up his plan. Like, oh, this is going to be a fun 45 minutes. Oh, my God. So then he goes, and I'm like, I want to increase my balance and core stability and core strength. And he read that as, oh, so you want a six-pack? He's like, no. I could give a shit about that. (laughs) And genetically, no woman in my family has a six-pack. Right. Not a single one. So he's like, well, let's go do Roman chair leg lifts. It'll help you get you that six pack. I'm like, um, one, my arm is on fire and you want me to hold myself up. Two, you want me to work my hip flexors? Right. <laughs> he's like, no, it's an ab exercise. This, um, your abs don't cross your hips. <laughs> like, oh, so I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. Whatever. So I go up and try it and I get up there. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> my hands and so he got mad again that we he switched so we did brush and switch and then he goes all right let's go do some hardcore cardio now we got to earn those freaking cookies oh um, my god and you're fired we got <laughs> we can cut on this podcast right sure okay i had dead in the eye i said fuck you I'm leaving. Good for you. And I walked right to the training manager's office. He wasn't there. So I went to the gym manager's office and I said, I want a different trainer because this one doesn't know what the fuck to do. And he's toxic. Yeah. Your training manager who's like 21 years old. Right. My eating disorder history. My injury history, this this trainer had me do things, this and then he had the nerve to tell me that I had to earn my Christmas cookies after explaining to him I'm an eating disorder recovery. Right. I don't need to earn it. I need to actually eat poop. I don't know. So then they put me with someone else. And I was only I only did for one time a week. Because I'm like, I'm not paying seven hundred dollars a month for eight sessions. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Especially not with the trainer like that. No. So they put me with a woman. And so she got me on the circuit machines. Like, that's cool. And I'm like, look, I want to learn how to deadlift. She's like, cool. I really want to learn how to deadlift. Because my squats suck. Because my ankle is always stuck. But I want to get strong legs. So teach me how to deadlift. So she's like, she put me on some machines. On, uh, and she's like, okay, we'll get to that. And so we're done with the session. I said, all right, so what am I supposed to do on the days that I'm not here with you? Any guidance. So she went up to the front, grabbed a comment card, flipped it over, and wrote a 16 exercise circuit on the back. And I'm like, I only have like 30 minutes a day to come do this. Like, that's an hour and a half worth of stuff. And I didn't say that. I thought it in my head. So I wrote, and I honestly, I stopped going. I'm like, I can't. I, I just started doing it at home, and I still have to pay every month. I'm like, but I'm like, this is not an environment I want to be in. 
right. this is not something I want for myself. It's not something I want for me. So all of that experience with that online fitness company, which is actually a diet company, um, and then the experience in this big box gym, I said, I can't do that. I'm doing this myself. Yeah. Women deserve better. I'm so glad that you like were able to recognize that and remove yourself from that toxic environment because there are so many people who don't know that there's a better way or a different way. There's so many people who are like, yeah, that guy was right. I completely suck because I can't do these battle ropes and I'm going to have to try harder. Right. Mm -hmm. And trying harder to a lot of people is eating less and moving more. And even at at whatever cost, Mm -hmm. you know, pain and injury and self-deprecation and self-loathing and that whole like cycle. Um, So I'm really glad that you were in a space where you could do that because there's so many people who don't, don't or can't mm-hmm. or don't even know that they're that this is diet culture and that it's like bullshit like mm-hmm. so many people don't know this still and even like and even within the anti-diet like community there are so many people who have been so burned by fitness environments like these big gyms um that they they don't even involve they don't they don't do fitness they will not and it's like it's because it is so triggering to them which is really to me as a fitness person like so sad because you know when it comes to like where you can actually make big changes to your health like exercise always helps Mm -hmm. but but it is finding things that you that you enjoy it is you know, like hiring trainers that actually know what they're doing. Um, Hiring trainers that are not going to be spouting all of this misinformation. And, um, but yeah, like, I feel like you have, it's like on the one side in this, the fitness industry, you have all these toxic people and then people get involved in fitness and then feel worse about themselves and blame themselves when things don't go well. And then the other side is like, well, we're just not going to even do fitness. And so, you know, to be one of like the fitness person like you, who's like, no, you can, you can do fitness and it not be toxic you know, we need more of that because there's, there's a need. Yeah, there is a need. And I, I was thinking like, as we were talking about your progression into what you're doing now and the way that you coach people now, um, there's something that you do that I really appreciate. And you, you call yourself out on your past bullshit. There was one, there was one post in particular, I don't remember what it was exactly, but I remember your caption when resharing it was, I was so full of shit and I love it. I love that. I love that. You're like, yeah, I know that I used to contribute to this problem. We, we have, Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm doing better. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just, I so appreciate that about you. I, I scroll through, you know, when the Facebook, Facebook memories pop up. And those memories come up, and that's why I re- I'll repurpose them. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit, all of it, all of it. And what's scary now is that the company that I was with, they're, they're, they're getting tricky. 
Like there's there's a top coach in the company that if you go to her Instagram, you go to her website, she talks about body positivity. She talks about not dieting. She talks about loving yourself. She's like, join my mentorship and be a health coach. But she, like, she's posting stuff about uh, kicking diet culture's ass and body. Like, you're with your, and then you go to, oh, join my online fitness community with thousands of workouts from this and mentor other people. You're part of it. You can't diet culture's ass and then be part of this company. Right. And can we talk a little bit about before and afters? Because here, you talk about that where like, if you, if you're a fitness professional and you're still posting before and afters, you are part of the problem, like you're period. And so tell, tell our audience, please, <laughs> why before and after pictures are so like terrible. Well, like it's, it, it's the, when the trainers post those and own up, this person lost this much weight, this is it. They're, that's what they sell. They, their business is that, and that is their business. And people, if they want to lose weight and they want to change the shape of the body, so we, we have to recognize that people are going to want to change their body to lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. That's their, it's their choice to make. Mm-hmm. That's just like, we have the choice, look, I won't coach weight loss or fat loss. If you truly want to get that, I will give, I will refer you to coaches that I trust that will do it the right way. I don't know if there's a right way, but a compassionate way. Yeah. Right. Like, but that's not what I'm going to focus on with you. Yeah. See, we we still have clients who I know want to lose weight. Mm -hmm. We have a client, she knows where we stand Mm -hmm. and we know the journey that she's on. And like, there's sort of, there's sort of like a truce there and, and some space to have some conversations, but she knows that like, when she sends me the like, oh, you know, I met my, my lifelong goal. I'm going to be like, how did that make you feel? I'm not going to be like, that's amazing. Like, good for you. And, you know, like, no celebration of, of weight loss here. Right. Um, so like, I will have, like, if I, I have clients that I know weigh themselves. Mm-hmm. But what, like, how are you feeling? What are you doing? Checking in on their emotional and psychological state. And if I notice that they are, because we talk about what they eat too. If they're eating less food, if they're pushing themselves harder, why are you doing this right now? What is that? Is, is any way? And usually fall back to that number on the scale. Right. So that's what I'm like. That's what I talk about with my clients, like because they're still gonna do it. And I'm like, I can't tell them not. Okay, I suggest, right. but they have that choice to do that. But if I see it affecting their physical and mental and emotional health, then I'm gonna speak up and say something. Right. Well, you're meeting um, where they're at, right? Because they're get, like you just said, they're gonna do it anyway. So they're going to do it behind our backs or they're going to feel like we can have a really mutual, respectful um, connection and conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're coming like, we're, we're still meeting needs that they have. That's why they're coming to us. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, having that, like meeting them where they're at, but still like knowing where we stand, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great place to be with people. Mm -hmm. But I'll say like, as someone who 
has like become someone who is in a bigger body over the years, um, seeing before and after pictures are incredibly triggering to me. And, um, but they're also one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, like body autonomy. And if that person that makes them feel good, you know, like, I don't feel like I can, there was a time when I was like, I'm telling everybody that post before and after pictures of what bullshit that is. Um, I'm not really there now, but I will unfriend people or unfollow people. So I don't have to see it. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's important that people in general that watch my feed know that it is hurtful to me. It's hurtful because what it looks like to me is that, that the body that is the before looks always looks more like my body right now, which makes me feel like I'm not okay now as I am. Yeah. Like that, that's just the assumption. And that of course the after picture is always celebrated where like, we don't know, like there are a lot of times when the ways that people have lost that weight is by doing some very unhealthy things. And a year from now, they're back at their before picture, which makes them feel like shit. So like, what are we doing here? Like this might, like, can we celebrate, you know, getting healthier without any weight involved? You know, what gets me with some of the before and after pictures because people are catching on that we don't want to see that so they'll go it's not about the weight but they're still posting a transformation well your body changed so it is still about the weight it's still about shrinking yourself you can say it's not about the weight loss all you want but the picture is that's what it shows Mm -hmm. So how about instead you post a picture of you doing something that you love, going hiking, playing with your kids, eating a home cooked meal, having, eating a donut. (laughs) (laughs) How about you post that instead of side by side? Because as soon as you say it's not about the weight and then you post that, you make it about the weight. Yes. I feel like we should start a new hashtag and I'm not sure what it should be yet, but I have this idea budding about like anti-diet before and afters or something like that where we post stuff like that like me before my knee surgery couldn't walk around the block had to like sit down all day like me after knee surgery I can go hiking now or you know like or like I feel like that should be a thing you know sort of like a stick it to the man kind of person where I'm just like, Oh, you want to post before and afters? I'll give you my before and after with a side of the bird. <laughs> I made, I have a post on Instagram somewhere about me. I'm in my, like you'll rarely see me posting pictures of my body. Mm-hmm. Cause my coaching isn't about me. It's about what I can do for my clients. Um, if you follow Christina Montalvo at all, she's the, um, the confidence project podcast and she did a, a great post. She and a post that, but she has a whole episode about my body is not my billboard. Mm-hmm. Right. You hear that one. And I, she's been my mentor and coach for a very long time. Like she's actually the one that 
drove me. I'm totally giving her a shout out now because I love her to death. Um, she helped me realize that intuitive eating could work. And it could help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with my business and with my training, and with, I wouldn't be where I am today without her. Which is about it. And she cares about Love you. Um, <laughs> I always tell her because she's I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. Yes. No, she's, she's like my little sister age, you know. <laughs> I'm totally the you. I'm like, if, if I could do anything, I want to do what you do. Something similar. Like, not exactly what she does. Cause, yeah, i got to make it my own. So I won't, I rarely post pictures of myself. Right. There's a, I have a post on Instagram. I think it was from last, last summer where I'm in my swimsuit and I have a double bird up. Fuck you, diet culture type post. Yes. Um, and I was actually thinking about posting another one coming up like recently because usually do it around every summer. But it's very rare that anybody will see me mm-hmm. just posting what my body looks like. It's me doing exercises and stuff, but it's not, I'm not the center of my coaching. Like mm-hmm. everybody else help is. Yeah. I, I get that. I, um, I was thinking about myself, like I do post a lot of pictures of myself. Um, but part of it is like, also for me is to show someone in a bigger body still doing athletic things Mm -hmm. because that was really important for me to see, like following Meg Boggs was like, life-changing when I started because I was like here's someone that lives in a bigger body that like in the past I would have looked at her and written her off as being quote-unquote unhealthy and unfit and she can absolutely rock it I can't do that (laughs) right no not even close and so it like that was really so just like like what you were saying is that all of these messages we have like even in like when we're doing trainings for workout classes like and things like that we always see the person in the bigger body is doing the modifications and yes. making it easier because of course they're not able to be as athletic as the rest of us right. and so i think the choice i make to show my body more is not to say like i can do it so can you Exactly. But to say there is a wide range of bodies that are able to do things. Mm -hmm. So like, so I want people to be able to see somebody that's not in like the stereotypical and say like, like what's possible for me. I think there's a big difference between posting and sharing pictures of us actually doing athletic things because that's what you post you post your yeah it's it's of us doing not just of us standing in front of a mirror yes okay so i have to give my husband a shout out we i feel like we have to talk to him about him on every podcast let's do it he manages a big gym like one of those fitness facilities that most people would be like "Mm, that's probably not going to be for me because it's going to be full of all this toxic fitness Mm -hmm. bullshit but he does not repost. And it's like a company-wide policy. They do not repost on their social media pictures 
of women in like sports bras posing in front of the mirror and they get tagged in those pictures all the time yeah. you know like abs boobs out butt out you know sucking in your stomach you know like you I mean you've seen them yeah he's like the world doesn't need more of those yeah like the world doesn't need more of those I'm not reposting that as far as my company goes and it is like it's a little thing but it's one of those things like that that over time was going to make a difference. People are going to like see that, that like, Oh, like the, the way that this company is portraying themselves are like, what, look at all these cool things that people are doing in the gym. Mm -hmm. Not that like, you know, somebody who may probably be already naturally thin is, you know, posting a picture of themselves being thin. Like that doesn't, that doesn't mean fitness. No, because fitness has no shape. Fitness has no size, no gender, no age, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It is for everybody. Yeah. And everybody's going to be at different places. Everybody's going to be starting different, but you can get to it. I love watching and following the women who are in their 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Strong. Um grandma jujitsu and doing her jujitsu and I'm like like this is fitness yeah posing in her bikini it Mm -hmm. absolutely drives me up a wall now I mean it's not as bad as it was seeing thin able-bodied white women mostly posting in their bikinis talking about body positivity and fitness I'm so tired of that. Yep. And I'm tired of, of skinny, yeah, skinny women, like, like, like showing off their little tiny bit of cellulite or their little bit of rolls when they hunch over. Like I, I get, I do get where it comes from. I get it. Cause they're like, Hey, you know, even I who have like this, like they're sort of admitting their privilege to a certain extent who have this privilege also have hangups about my body. However, there's a, a point there where it's like, well, I, I don't want to clap for that. Like I want, because it's still centering like this skinny white woman, like that's, I mean, it's not, it's not, it is not hard to be body positive when you live in that body nearly as hard as someone who like can't find clothes in their size. Yeah. Or you have to get the seatbelt that spends on an airplane or they give you a hard time for that. You can't go to a um, like baseball or football game and be comfortable in a seat. Yes. You know, getting in and out of a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the stress of just being treated differently all the time because of your weight. You know, that is, I think if you're going to talk about body positivity as a thin person, and we've talked about that even with like within our own company, because we're still, we still have a lot of thin privilege for the most part. Um, Like you have to recognize your privilege. So I know I I was, I posted about this the other day. I'm not a body positivity coach. That's not my space. Mm-hmm. I want you to accept your body 
we can talk about body acceptance and treating your body now as a thing of that that does wonderful things for you, right? But I'm not going to, I'm body positive is not my space. Yeah. It is a social justice movement. And it's just like with anti-diet, it's being taken over by these other yep. people in fitness that have never experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we don't know what it is. And it's like, I, I, somebody's like, but I'm body positive. I was like, do you know what it actually is? Have you actually looked up what the history of the movement is? Mm-hmm. No, I think you might want to do that and then come back and talk to me. Yeah. Yep. Body neutrality, body acceptance. That's what teach you. Mm-hmm. But you're not always going to love your body. We shouldn't always love her. I'm like, I'm not a base horse. Like, I walk past the mirror, I'm like, ugh. Right. I'm like, wait, what did I do yesterday? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, late the day, I ate that. I'm like, okay, no, I'm good. Let's go drink some water and move on. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm not always positive about my body. But if I want to talk about that, I will share the other people who are actually doing the work in that community. Yes. Not my job. I will center them. Yeah. And you need to listen to these people because they experience it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And that's, oh my God. So are you familiar with the guy that does the fit to fat to fit thing? Yeah. I have such a major bone to pick about that. Because his whole thing is like, oh, well, I'm developing empathy around what it's like to experience life as a fat person. Yeah, see shudder. There's a few things wrong with that because he is a naturally thin person who's forcing himself into a larger body, which there's a whole lot of science around that and that like each of us has our own set weight. So like for him to become as big as he gets, He really has to work hard at it. And in doing so, he reinforces a lot of terrible stereotypes about fat people. Mm -hmm. So he stops working out. He is, you know, he eats like enormous amounts of food and all of this stuff, which a lot of, a, a lot of studies are starting to show that like people who live in bigger bodies are usually people who have dieted more and tend to eat even less yeah. in smaller bodies. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, so there's a lot of stereotypes. Like there's a lot of, you know, like a lot of times people who live in bigger bodies, they're like, no, I'm only eating this much. Like I'm only eating pizza rolls at night and I'm drinking coffee the rest of the day. And often people just don't believe them because they're like, actually you're in a bigger body. There's not, that's not possible, but that's, but you don't take it into consideration at all that there is diversity in bodies naturally. So then he goes on this thing and he loses a bunch of weight. And then it's like, if I can do it, so can you. It's like, well, no, because it is not, it's not how the, how the body really works. And the thing like, he has, I saw this, like, there's a group, two, these two fitness guys that do this, this vlog that I like to watch. 
they did this thing and on it and they in the beginning of the vlog they're like talking to his girlfriend and they end up breaking up because of how like hard this whole journey is for him that he's so dedicated to so he, he gives up his relationships he's giving up his health he's giving you know like in order to create a, a situation that literally doesn't exist. Yeah, there is um, a gym owner here who was actually on that show. Um, and I, I did, I went and worked out there for a while with some of this. And I actually, the trainer I worked with was really cool. And we talked a lot and I called him out on some of the bullshit posts. <laughs> like, dude, I want you to think about this this way next time. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, you're not really gonna, but yeah, he's in there and I always like, eh. and then the people that he promotes are also problematic in this industry. Um, I'm not going to talk about the guys that he's just, we'll do this off podcast. I'll, I'm going to show you, I'll share something with you. I don't want to get an airtime. Um, but yeah, I see that. And I was in the gym where the pictures were up and I'm like, Why? That right. doesn't, it doesn't prove anything. No, it proves that a fit person can force themselves into a bigger body in a very uncomfortable way mm-hmm. and then become fit again, mm-hmm. which the body naturally wants to do because we have a natural set point. Yeah. Like it doesn't take into consideration someone who is naturally in the larger body no. and so it doesn't really develop compassion it's the opposite. His whole thing is like, oh, this is going to create empathy because I now know what it's like. It's like, no, you fucking don't. You no. don't know what it's like. And, <laughs> right. yeah. So, you know, like that kind of stuff, like really, and honestly, I was so mad about that. I wrote the two guys that did the, the vlog about it. And they were like, well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And I'm like, yeah, okay. like actually, and, but like, I can't follow people anymore that like promote that kind of stuff. Cause I was, I, for, I remember seeing someone I had followed a long time from like a women's fitness site that I very much like who did a workout in their gym and was promoting his thing. And I was like, nope. Fun. I don't want to see, I don't want to see this anymore. If that's what you, like, if you're like, I just, I feel like it can be, it can be so harmful and I've been more protective about what feels harmful for me. Um, cause I, you know, like I, I need to protect myself as well as much as like, I, like, I know that there's these ideas out there. Like, I'm not trying to like, like, pretend that I don't know that there's this kind this side of fitness culture because I've lived in it forever but I don't I don't need to immerse myself in it when I'm scrolling I think that's just like a form of self-care too when it comes to like you know I I think of this as a part of activism and I think that that's like in order to keep putting the energy and the change that we want in the fitness industry those things have to happen because otherwise you're just dealing with your own shit and you're not able to really like put out, Mm -hmm. you know, the good stuff for other people. Um, So I, I think that's a fabulous idea. Yeah. One of the first things I did was start going through, who do I follow? Do they align with my values? No. Bye. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like at the beginning of the year, I unfollowed <laughs> that were promoting 75 hard. And you, oh, you're too first born? Bye. Mm hmm. Yep. No. And they're like, well, why? So then you have to explain to them what this person who runs this is actually like. Oh, wait, I didn't realize. Well, he wants you to do some research. Mm hmm. Not my values, so bye. Yeah. You like the product, there's other stuff out there. Go buy protein powder at Target. <laughs> Spend a lot less money. Yeah. So, and something that I work with people on is part of self-care, especially if you're struggling with where you're at and how you feel about your body, you clean up the feed. Mm -hmm. That's something you can control is what you're seeing. And so now my explorer feed is all puppies. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. Lots of, lots of corgi butts. <laughs> right. Okay, so one last question. If you were to go back in time and tell your 10-year-old self anything, what would you tell her? That sushi isn't gross. <laughs> we're going to need more info on this. <laughs> I would not eat sushi for the longest time, so terrified of it. Even though, like, we would go fishing a lot. So my dad would, we'd go out on the boat, and he'd catch a tuna, and he'd, he'd eat one, like, right there. <laughs> wow. You're like, mm. and now it's like, and then one time I, um, I kind of got really sick from eating it, but it wasn't from the sushi, it was from all the sake. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I eat it for a very long time, and I'm like, and this is coming up because I had sushi last night for dinner. Nice. I've only had sushi once in my whole life. Oh my god, I love sushi. It was really good. I could eat it like what at least once a week. Mm -hmm. When I come visit you, we'll go get sushi. <laughs> I need <laughs> I need more sushi exposure because I like I well sushi exposure. I just, that kind of sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll go to fries. Because they actually, the marketplace in my house, they have a really good sushi counter. Perfect. Let's do it. Who is that? And like, my favorite sushi is from the grocery store. Yeah. And if, you know, if this COVID stuff goes away in like the next four years, um, the, they might open the bar that's inside the store too. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we have a grocery store here called Rops that has like, a pretty good like sushi selection yeah. it's not as good as going to a restaurant though like I will say I don't prefer it over going to a sushi restaurant but it, it's it's not terrible in a pinch I, I had some pretty good yellowtail last night nice so we got no nothing but yeah that that would be one thing I would tell my single self um sushi is not gross and don't be dumb when you're 18 and drink too much, too many sake bombers while eating sushi because then you won't eat it again for a while. <laughs> so it's really stay away from sake. Yeah. We got sake. No, because I had some last night. Oh, sake in moderation. Yes. I had an Asian pear sake. It was really good. I love that one. Yes. Just one. I, I don't know enough about sushi to participate in this conversation. Although, we should have a date. I will say, 
that I did very quickly learn that wasabi and guacamole are two different things. <laughs> oh, yes. She ate, she put a dollop of wasabi in her mouth as if it were oh. guacamole. And did, like, did you have to be hospitalized? No, like we got it. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. And my husband, we were on our honeymoon in Cabo. And I, my first time eating sushi was so good. And I reached over, I was like, oh, is that guacamole? And as I'm putting it in my mouth, my husband, I could see it like slow motion. <laughs> no. <laughs> It was so painful. <laughs> but now I know. Whenever my kids see wasabi now, they call it, it's like, is that pistachio ice cream from the Cars movie? Because when they go to Japan and later eats the. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> wow. So I need more sushi exposure. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Jen, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push Podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button or give us a review. The more subscriptions that we get, the more visibility we, that we get, and the more easily we can find more listeners just like you. Also, check out our Patreon page, www.patreon.com pushfitness to show us some love over there, become a Push patron and get some cool freebies and inside information. And yeah, let's do it. And that's it. Bye. Bye.